Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. That's the sound of singing and drumming from Halibu members and applicants on Parliament Hill this past Saturday, capping a historic week for Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland. Simultaneous demonstrations in Ottawa, Stephenville, and Cornerbrook at the end of the week. Two days before in Toronto, we had the first of the trio of lawsuits to be heard in the next two weeks. More about that later in the show. It was an emotional couple of days in Ottawa. On Friday night, Halibu applicants and some of the more than 10,000 people losing their status cards met in circle with Halibu Chief Brendan Mitchell and some members of the Council on Staff. It was an occasionally contentious and frequently emotional discussion. On Saturday morning, after prayer and song led by Elder Moochie Bennett, the group set off for Parliament Hill, where Mi'kmaq women and men told their stories in the shadow of the national seat of government. After the protest, I sat down with Chief Mitchell and Councillor Frank Skeard back in the now-empty hotel conference room. There was still the faint smell of sweetgrass from the morning smudge. I asked the Chief and Councillor about a number of things, whether the protests come too late, about Sad Sack MP Goody Hutchings, and about the strange situation in which the Chief is fighting the government on Parliament Hill while lawyers for the Federation of Newfoundland Indians are backing the government in the courtroom. Thank you, Lynn. First of all, it's always great to be on your program, and we do appreciate the effort you take to be at our events and you attend all of our council meetings in Cornerbrook. So today was a great event. We had about 60 people. We met here this morning at the Albert at Bay Hotel, and we had uh, some ceremony here. We smudged, we drummed, and we basically outlined you know, what was going to happen today. The organizer, Jim Duhart, I want to say a, a big thank you to Jim for, for getting this event arranged here the way he did. The permits were required from the RCMP and the Ottawa Police and also for reaching out to the Algonquin people because we are here in Ottawa today on, on the traditional territory of the Algonquin people and we're pleased that the Algonquin leaders uh, gave us uh, privilege and, and right to be here today and do what we did. So we left the hotel, of course, uh, marched and walked to Parliament Hill so when we got to Parliament Hill, we, we stopped at the steps prior in, in front of the building, and uh, we heard from people who were, were talking here. I spoke, as did National Chief Robert Bertrand of the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, Jim Duard himself, and, uh, and many other people who, who got through the microphone and uh, had a few comments to say about how this whole business of Halibut enrollment was impacting them, their families, uh, their views on their indigeneity, and the whole, you know, consequence that that's coming out of what's happening here. So in that regard, it was an historic day. We've never done this before. Someone suggested to me maybe we should have done it earlier. My view is it's better late than never. And today we sent a strong message to the government of Canada with respect to how people are feeling about the situation regarding Halibut enrollment, the inconsistencies, the anomalies, the hurt, the disenfranchisement. The, the numbers of families that are, are saddened by what's happened, one brother in, one sister out, uh, one person living in Newfoundland in an indigenous community in, and two others living in Ontario or Halifax, wherever they may be employed or working in this country, are out. Those are, are sad things that are happening. 
So today's session was about bringing attention, particularly with respect to our, our speaking to the media about this. We haven't had a lot of support from the government of Canada on our issues. My many attempts to, to bring this issue to the table uh, have been difficult. There are times when, when the minister listened to me and others in Canada, but they're just listening. They're not reacting positively to the requests I'm making and to the suggestions I'm offering. And we talked a lot today about, uh, for example, people in the RCMP and the military and veterans who are being taken out of this process. We talked about people for whom this whole process started many years ago and for whom those people, we met one lady today who actually came to Newfoundland uh, living in Ontario and voted on the ratification back in 2008, I think she said it was. And so we heard a lot of emotion today. We heard a lot of concern. And yes, we heard a lot of common sense also from people there. So in that regard, Glenn, this was an important day. In okay. conjunction with what we did today here in Ottawa, there were sessions held in Stephenville and in Cornerbrook. I did hear back and got a report that about 100 people turned out at the Smallwood Building or Federal Building in Cornerbrook. That was a demonstration organized by by one of our very respected Mi'kmaq people, Keith Cormier. In Stephenville, there was another event organized by Elder Odell Pike. I think about 80 people were at the Stephenville Dome. So these these sessions happened together. So we ran simultaneously with what was happening here in Ottawa. Now, you, you mentioned something there that some people mentioned to you that maybe we should have, we should have done it uh, earlier. Um, I, I'd like to ask you why, why we didn't and if at this point uh, it's too late because um, the train uh, left the station a long time ago and uh, we're about to get uh, the act uh, with a new founders list. Glenn, you, you raised a great issue. We've been working through the political system with the minister's office and with other agencies and government to try to bring some sense to what was happening here. And uh, recently, as I, I mentioned in an earlier conversation I had to people, we've hit the wall. I've been told by the minister's office recently that the minister is not interested in meeting with me if all we have to talk about is enrollment. Uh, for her, we have an agreement and we'll see it through and it'll, it'll work out were her last words to me. But you know what, Glenn? It's not working out very well for our people. This has become a situation whereby the government of Canada could be viewed as winning and Hello First Nation as members and as applicants are losing. And that's not a great partnership in that regard. You know, we need to work on a partnership and a successful partnership was we'd all come away feeling okay with the deal. And right now we're not. The supplemental agreement and the point system, and the point system is the most contentious piece because the supplemental agreement by itself allowed for an extension of time and resources to get the applications on. What really hurt people in this process was the extent or, or the amount of rigor that was put in place or required because of a point system and all the different uh, ways people could earn these points and, and hopefully get to the, the magic 13 points to become part of, of Hello First Nation and maintain or get status in Canada. So should we have done it earlier? Maybe we did it today. My view is better late than never. Uh, we don't have the founding members list yet and we don't have the minister at this point announcing a date in which she will Go to, go to Parliament uh, with an order in Council to reestablish Halibut First Nation and a new founding members list. Now, let me, let me ask you about how that works, because that's, that would be a significant event when the minister, it's minister, uh, which minister uh, is that? That will be Carolyn Bennett, the Minister of Crown and Indigenous Relations. So she'll rise in the House of Commons uh, to present uh, for first reading of her uh, bill 
instituting a new founders list. Uh, this is the redo of uh, the first uh, founders list. And um, ordinarily, I guess that would be a day of celebration for, for uh, the chief, for yourself. Um, how do you think you'll feel on the day uh, uh, Minister Ben arises? And uh, have you thought about whether you'll be in the, in the gallery that day? Now, Glenn, I haven't thought about being here, but in terms of how I feel about it, I'll go back to the initial forming of Halibut First Nation on September 22nd, 2011. It was a day of rejoicing. Uh, finally, after decades of struggling to get recognition, uh, Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland outside of Con River were given recognition on an order and council at that date. This one won't be a time of rejoice for me personally. Right now we know, or was announced last year, that 10,512 current members potentially will be taken out of Halibut First Nation. That is a devastating piece of news and a devastating event to happen. So, yeah, I probably won't be rejoicing when the minister puts the new founding members list in place if the intent of government is to still to take all these current members out. And that speaks, you know, nothing of the many people, thousands of people, Glenn, that also came into this process of applicants who don't have a status card today uh, who are trying to get one. And a lot more of those people will be, you know, very upset with what's happening and they'll see it as a sign of, well, I guess my chances are, are, are getting very much reduced here and, uh, you know, they become marginalized by this whole process. And so that won't be a great day for any of us, me or any of our council. And yes, and it won't be a wonderful day for those people who may be in that group of 10,000 or so who may lose status if the minister does this sometime potentially in April, I would expect. I haven't heard from government a date yet, but I'm thinking probably April, maybe worst case early May. I'm not sure. And when, uh, when the minister rises, uh, the founders list will be available? I would say around that time, Glenn. I'm not sure how this entire process works. Uh, this will be my first time, you know, uh, involved in it. Um, I would expect that there will be a, a list of names available. I think the enrollment committee through the chair Ron Penny will be providing the minister with a list of names of those that will become the new founding members list. And when people know about that, I mean, or when we see a full list of who's involved, um, I'm not sure. But we do know, of course, that there are people who will be, uh, who will be hurt by this process and people that, uh, that are disappointed. We've met many of those people this weekend in Ottawa. We had a meeting here last night and some people were very vocal and emotional about the situation. We met a number of nice people again today also who who told their stories. We met Ed Brake, a retired RCMP person, who explained to us today that um, he joined the RCMP and he was he lived wherever he did in Canada because of his responsibility as an RCMP officer and having to go wherever his duty, you know, duty of call took him. So right now people that are not given any special consideration in this whole process because of, of, their, of where they lived. Similarly, we have people in the military and veterans who are all being impacted in the same way, who, who laid it on the line in, in places like the Mideast and in Europe and other places in the world and, and put their lives in jeopardy in support of our country and all people and all Canadians. And today they're being uh, potentially knocked out of this process because of, of the roles they played for our country and where they lived or served in this country mm -hmm. and elsewhere in the world. Yes. Now, the other thing we have going on right now uh, are, is the litigation in court. Uh, we have Today we have three protests and we also have three court cases going on. That must be a bit uh, weird for you because here you are um, fighting um, to your last breath uh, for a, a positive result, uh, but at the same time 
we have this tangled litigation uh, yeah. thing happening where uh, your people are, are almost acting uh, against what you're trying to do here. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, regarding the, the litigations that are occurring, I haven't been involved with it too much. I haven't been, uh, you know, as a witness in this whole thing at all. Um, with respect to our, our lawyers representing F and I, we got drawn into this thing, you know, because we were brought into this case, uh, both F and I and Halibut in some cases, Halibut First Nation, as part of a claim or a lawsuit by others. And that's the reason or the spirit in which, you know, our lawyer, Cox and Palmer, sits in those sessions. But I can assure you that, you know, I've talked to Cox and Palmer about this, we're not here to try to hurt our own people. We're, we're you know, our lawyer is sitting in, the, in this courtroom today because he must be there. And uh, it's been a tough situation. Yes, and I am on, on one side trying to support, protect, help everybody that's involved. And it may be viewed that, uh, you know, from a courtroom perspective, Halibut First Nation and the FNI are there. We're there because we don't have a choice to be there because people have, have named us in these lawsuits. But my view is, uh, and will be, we're not here to hurt our own people. We're here to try to help people. And I don't sit in those sessions, but I have made the, the comment that, listen, you know, uh, people principally have a have a beef between the government of Canada, uh, with the government of Canada, and it's not entirely with Halibut First Nation or the FNI, despite the fact that, you know, these lawsuits do name us, these organizations, as, as party to a court situation. Uh, Frank, uh, you've been here for a couple of days with Councillor Brian Dixon and uh, Councillor Andy Barker. Why did you make the trip to Ottawa? Well, well I guess, uh, Glenn, uh, the, the biggest reason... Uh, when, uh, when Chief Mitchell reached out to us to see if we were uh, available and, and interested in coming to Ottawa was to, to a large extent, I, I wanted to get an understanding of the diverse um, concerns, we can call them stories, uh, life experiences of some other applicants and, uh, and members. And for the last couple of days, I've definitely got that. Uh, you know, some have been... Uh, fairly, um, uh, some you can almost call them aggressive and things, but I don't think that they were that way. I think it was just an uh, a, a expression of, uh, of individual situations. And to a large extent, um, uh, I've been sitting on the implementation committee for, for now for a couple of years, and, uh, and we've been working with, uh, with the Government of Canada uh, implementing the, uh, the agreement in principle and the supplemental agreement. And there's been... Uh, you know, some very challenging times on us, you know, personally and, and, uh, and things of this nature. And when you sit in rooms like we did last night or you, or you walk with people like we did today, you can kind of understand that, uh, that uh, there are real people. And, uh, and, you know, maybe to some extent people might say that, uh, that you haven't been very successful. Well, maybe not. Uh, but what we have been is we've been extremely dedicated and extremely committed to uh, to the process, and and once again, I know I'm repeating myself a little, but when you but when you listen to people from all over the country, there was people from from Newfoundland to Manitoba, uh, people from all parts of Ontario and things of this nature, and they all wanted to be heard, and I hope that they felt that we we all listened to them. So, Chief, uh, we had um, a lot of people in. Uh, in Ottawa today, we had a lot of people in Stephenville and in Cornerbrook. But one person who is in neither place was MP Goody Hutchings. You know, I wonder what you think about uh, the MP for Long Range Mountains, which stretches from St. Anthony down to uh, 
wraps around and I think goes across to Bergia or thereabouts. I mean, certainly it includes most of the Mi'kmaq, 67 Mi'kmaq communities. What do you think of, uh, of the MP being absent from such a crucial issue in the riding? Well, Glenn, thank you for the question. Uh, MP Goody Hutchings has been uh, certainly pretty busy. However, you know, this is an important issue. I think in the Western Star, but two weeks ago or last week to comment when, when the, the issue was raised about people coming to Ottawa, I think she made the comment that uh, why would we have a meeting in Ottawa when the House isn't sitting? From my personal perspective, I don't think the MPs would have been that interested in being here anyway. And truthfully, uh, if this was important to our MPs in Newfoundland, they could have got a plane on a plane yesterday like I did. I did also here, I inquired this morning about, you know, who tended uh, from, a, from a government perspective in the event in Cornerbrook at, uh, at Regent Square. And I did hear that Goody Hutchings wasn't there either. I was very pleased to hear that, that MHA and Minister of Fisheries Jerry Byrne was there and spoke uh, very well in support of that situation, that event, and also gave accolades to all of us who are in Ottawa trying to, uh, to represent the situation of our people in this country. Um, could we have some support from our members of parliament? Yes, they've been pretty silent on this issue so far. And I think that's disappointing because this is a key issue, not only for Newfoundland and the many you know, constituents that are there for, for our members of parliament, but across this country, this has become a very serious issue. And uh, we need to get some support from our members of parliament in, in all of this. So I'm not sure you know, what her agenda is today or this weekend. I'm sure there were other things she had to do. But for me personally, I would have liked her to be here, either here in Ottawa or to have shown up in Cornerbrook this morning at 11 o'clock when the group gathered at Regent Square in front of the J.R. Smaller Federal Building. But, you know, there's a big conversation going on in Canada for the last two years now about the, the new consciousness regarding the treatment of Indigenous people in this country. And we heard that from, from Premier, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party. One thing I will say, you know, about all that, I don't think enough is being done, particularly there's been little interest by, by government trying to help work out the issues of Howell First Nation. Yesterday evening, I had the honor to be at Parliament Hill when there was a demonstration there in support of the situation surrounding uh, Tina Fontaine and also uh, Colton Bushy, who, who recently had a court case uh, that had a very uh, maybe negative outcome for a lot of Indigenous people. And these are difficult situations. When I consider the situation with, with Tina Fontaine, and again, I was so proud to be there with the people that had gathered there, and we did hear a, a speaker uh, talk about the situation, its impact on families, impact on communities, and an overall view of the, of the whole Indigenous situation in Canada. I refer to a, an Indigenous consciousness. Maybe no one talked to the justice system yet about that consciousness, and maybe that's something that Justin Trudeau should do. Uh, they don't get it yet in the justice system in this country with respect to the treatment of situations and, and cases regarding the deaths and murders of Indigenous people. And there's a lot of work to be done. I do know that females, Indigenous females, women and children make up about roughly 4% of the total population of all females in Canada. And I believe the statistics tell us, and it's growing, that a little more than 20% of all the missing mur and murdered women in Canada today are in fact indigenous women and children. So that's a startling statistic. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we can talk all we want about, but how we're gonna work better with indigenous people. We haven't seen a whole lot of it yet really. And I think the justice system has a long way to go 
in terms of how they're handling these court cases. And, and, and people who are of indigeneity, I really believe, aren't getting the respect and the treatment that you should be getting. So we can talk about an indigenous consciousness with our, with our new liberal government. There's a lot of work to have to do yet to prove you know, the truth of, of all that whole situation. And again, there's a lot of work left to be done. My interview with Chief Brenda Mitchell and Councillor Frank Skeard. Three protests last Saturday, three lawsuits, one down and two to go. Next week, Friends of Halibut expect to be in the Supreme Court of Newfoundland in St. John's seeking an injunction to stop the enrollment process. In Toronto on March 6th and 7th, an application for certification of a class action involving Jerry Brake and others will be heard in federal court. Last week, the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland was in federal court in Toronto. Jamie Lickers of the national law firm Gowlings presented the Mifnan case. At the conclusion, Mi'kmaq Matter spoke with Jamie Lickers outside the courtroom. Um, so I'm, I'm here with uh, Jamie Lickers, and Jamie, thanks for, you've done a lot of talking today, so thanks for doing some more talking for me. So the first thing I wanted to ask was, uh, what, what was at stake uh, today? Because people uh, watching, uh, watching on Facebook were, at, were asking why you weren't talking about uh, point system and various other things, so, so what was on the line today? I think it's important to keep in mind that these particular applications were filed following the decisions that came out in January of 2017. Uh, so these are decisions that dealt with the self-identification criteria specifically. These are people who were rejected for failing to meet the self-identification criteria who were not given a right of appeal. The other applicants who were given a right of appeal on, for example, the community acceptance criteria, they were evaluated using a point system. That point system is entirely irrelevant to the question of self-identification, which is what was before the court today. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the government of Canada and the FNI um, spoke a lot about Sandra Wells and <clears throat> various um, uh, answer she gave in cross-examination. One issue was that she had a chance in 2006 to indicate on a federal government application that she was of of Indigenous uh, status, that she was Mi'kmaq, but she did not. Um, So do you think you can overcome um, those uh, those attacks on the credibility of of Sandra Wells? Well, it's interesting because as I submitted to the judge today, we have to keep in mind that that these these are people, they're ordinary people. Dave and Sandra are people. They, they did not live their lives with a view to creating an evidentiary record for some piece of future litigation. Sandra didn't identify on a 2006 job application, but she did identify on a 2010 job application. And that was before the date of the recognition order, and that should have been sufficient for her to meet the self-identification criteria. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, Justice Justice Zinn indicated uh, at the end of the afternoon that he would have a decision in a number of weeks. So I think everyone is trying to parse what that means. So do you think that's 26 weeks or a shorter period of time uh, than I think that? I think it's a lot less than 26 weeks. I think if, if he was meaning weeks... Uh, plural in terms of four weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks, he would have spoken in months as opposed to weeks. I expect that 
His statement that his decision will be forthcoming in a number of weeks means, I hope, less than a month. I would be surprised if we get a month or even two months from, from today's date and we don't have a decision from Justice And uh, finally, those, uh, I guess, you and your office, uh, you get an email from the federal court um, office and there will be uh, the decision that would come that way, presumably. That's right. Yes. Okay, Jamie, well, thanks so much. Uh, good job today and good luck. Thank you. Jamie Lickers. By the way, the complete live stream of the Mifnan case is on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. You can also view the live stream of the Ottawa protest from this past Saturday. We recommend you use earphones or external speakers for better sound quality. That's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on iTunes or CastBox for Android. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, Thursday at 6 p.m. In Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on The Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. And in St. John's, listen on CHMR, Thursday at 4 p.m. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.